Hey. Hi, Allergites. Hello, it's your weird Uncle Allie Ward, and I got a bunch of robot facts in my cargo shorts pockets. So get ready to load up. So this episode is kind of a weird one for a few reasons, all of them amazing reasons. Number one, it was recorded in a car, my car. Um, so this ologist and I had never before been in the same room, but we have mutual buddies. Hi, Scott. Hey, Adam Savage. And I was so excited to meet her. I always kind of had like a little bit of a fangirl crush. So we had dinner. We met up for dinner at this clattery vegan restaurant, which was great, but it was not conducive to recording. And she had an early call time the next morning. And so I gave her a ride back to her hotel while we fired up the old Zoom recorder and made a goddamn episode out of it. So there's that. Um, also, there are no ologite questions because it was last minute and again, recorded in a car while I was driving. Her hotel was like three miles away. I drove very slow and poorly. Don't ever do that, by the way. Also, don't ever go bowling and then accidentally fall asleep in the socks that you bowled in. I did that too a few nights ago and both are dangerous. One thing you can do if you like this podcast is rate and subscribe and or leave a review on iTunes. I know I mention this every week, but they really help keep ologies up in the science charts and they help other people go, well, heck dang, what's this? And listen, so it helps so much. It costs you nothing. It takes a second. Also, um, ologies is made by a staff of two human beings, myself as one of them. So it makes my personal day to hear that y'all like it. It really helps keep us going. And this week, this review, I was just like a hug made of words. Someone calling themselves Kaka. I'm not going to ask questions said, so many of the podcasts I listen to reflect a kind of bleak worldview, crime, mysteries, the news. And this podcast reminds me of how it felt to be a curious little kid perusing encyclopedias and digging around sandboxes for dinosaurs. There's so many amazing things on our planet. And surprise, there are also really cool people out there who will answer the questions that your cynical adult brain thought were dumb. So thank you, Allie, for reminding me that the world may be terrifying, but it's also fascinating and beautiful. And then a little heart emoji. I really like that. Thank you for that review so much. Okay, back to gizmology. Is that a real word? Sure as shit it is, my friend. I looked it up and it is. So linguists are very angrily mystified by its etymology, but a gizmo means a gadget, especially one whose name the speaker does not know or recall. And a gadget is a small mechanical or electronic device. Usually an ingenious or novel one. So who better to be a gizmologist subject than someone who makes shitty robots for a living? And those are her words, not mine. A native of Sweden, she started tinkering with electronic mechanisms and making videos, and now she has like 900 plus thousand million subscribers. She has almost a million subscribers on YouTube, and she's one of the few science communicators who swears as much as me. I appreciate that. She's made robots that slap her face until she wakes up, um, ones that brush her teeth, a robot that fed her soup, that apply lipstick to her face. And she flew down to LA to shoot a video with Rhett and Link about a hammering machine when we met up in my car to talk about her creative process, uh, the gateway gadgets to Robot Town. She gives some helpful resources for anyone wanting to start building robots. Uh, we talk about what's up with her accent, science fiction secrets, how many spare parts does she have lying around, and why she drives a piece of cheese. So prepare your droid hearts to be warmed by the wry wisdom of America's favorite Swedish gizmologist, 
whose name you're about to learn how to pronounce, Simone Yetch. Okay. Did it, it said do not enter wrong way. Oh, that was that. Oh, yeah, that street. was that. Yeah. Um, I'm like, part of my podcast is I like to get in head-on collisions in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Both in conversation <laughs> and in vehicles. Okay, I'll try to ask you. I'm going to try to ask you the most, like, distilled questions. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's not illegal. I think it's illegal to hold a phone, but it's not illegal to hold a burrito or a microphone when you're driving. So I think we have that going for us. Is it illegal to eat a burrito? Is it just legal to hold it? I think it's you can, illegal to eat it. I think you can ingest your phone, but you can't. As long as you're not, yeah, as you're eating it, you're like, it's a different animal. Eat away. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about robots. I'll ask you the most distilled version because mm-hmm. we're going to see if we can record a whole episode while we drive you to your hotel. Yeah. Okay. So tell me when you first decided that you were into building robots. It wasn't so much a decision as something that just happened, but it was just like this feeling. I always had a lot of ideas of things I wanted to do and I was always looking for somebody who could execute them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, wait, why shouldn't I just teach myself how to do it? So I remember like the first time that I realized, like, I think this is it was the first time where I blinked an Arduino board. So it's this little like computer. Um, and, and you, the first sketch you upload is for it to blink one of its little onboard LEDs. Mm-hmm. And it was like, love at first blink. Really? Yeah, because I watched it and I was like, (laughs) I mean, in some way, I feel like it's a really bad thing because I was like, I control you. (laughs) Like, I told you to do this thing and you did it. And it was just like such a rush of power. And I've been high on it ever since. Wait, what is it called? An abuela board? It doesn't Arduino. Okay. (laughs) Abuela? What's abuela? I think it means grandmother in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I programmed this grandmother (laughs) and she blinked. It was mind control. No, it's an Arduino board, and it's like one. It's a tiny, kind of stupid computer, Mm -hmm. but it's really easy to have it talk to hardware. So you can like wire little motors to it, and wire little LEDs to it, or little sensors. By the way, I looked up what an Arduino board was, and it's like a toast-sized piece of circuit board with some microchips and some plugins. So just picture that. If you're like, I don't know what an Arduino board is, that's what one looks like. They're cute. I Google image searched Abuela and a bunch of pictures of grandmas came up. One of them wasn't wearing a top. That site was in Spanish. I don't know the context, but she looked like she was having fun. And then where do you go for all of your knowledge? Because obviously, like, it's evolved quite a bit and you're making all kinds of shit. Where do you go to find out how to get better at it? I mean, now it's in the beginning when I was learning about hardware. It was, I mean, there's a lot of good online resources. I use SparkFun and Adafruit, which are both like hardware retailers, but they had really good tutorials on how to do stuff. So who? Okay. SparkFun.com and Adafruit, ADAfruit.com, who are not paying us to mention them, sadly. So I went on their sites and they have a ton of great resources for building robots, uh, including this one tutorial that involved a guy making an electronic steel drum machine out of a plastic 
salad spinner or some shit. Live your dreams. So I, I was self-taught in it and just finding really good places like that helped because there's so much. I mean, like I come from kind of the hobbyist side of it and I started learning as a hobbyist, but then there's also resources that's like for proper engineers and you're in there and it feels like you're like, I want to go for a <laughs> swim in the kiddie pool. And then you're like in the deepest trenches of the ocean trying to swift through information. Uh, but now my, my problems are so specific that there's not really an anyone to ask like I'm like how what's the best way to attach tofu to a a big plastic animal for more on this see her video entitled quote I hunted a robot and ate it it's like covered in food my plan is to get some sort of deer and then just like patching on tofu to it do people come to you with robotics questions yeah and do you typically know the answers or do you think that it's important for them to try to discover the answers themselves like you did? I think it's if people ask very specific questions like, hey, how did you solve this problem? Or like, where is this part from? I'm happy to answer. But often people are like, hi, I want to build this thing. How do I do it? And I'm like, you got to narrow it down a little bit. Got to figure it out. But yeah, people ask a lot of stuff. And it's like this weird, it's such a weird thing for me to sometimes be treated as an authority in roboticism mm-hmm. or in gizmology. Sure. I just learned that it's <laughs> called. Uh, because I'm just like this happy hobbyist who's on top of that known for building useless things and things don't, that don't work and people ask actually like asking me for advice or like journalists asking me for like what's your take on artificial intelligence and I'm like <laughs> yeah what is your take on artificial intelligence my take on artificial intelligence is I don't know I mean I'm really intrigued about it do, intrigued of it do people ask you about Sophia a lot Yeah, people have sent it to me. In case you're like, which bitch? Sophia is a social humanoid-looking robot made by Hanson Robotics, and she's been in the news recently saying creepy things with her mechanical mouth hole. And that feeling of kind of like nauseated unease you might get isn't just because Sophia is the first non-human to be given a United Nations title, something most of us will never get to impress our parents with, but also because of an effect coined way back in the 1970s called Uncanny Valley. That's the name for the eeriness or revulsion you feel the closer a robot tends to look or act like a person. The closer it is to us, we're like, nope, 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 don't like. So Sophia is able to display more than 52 facial expressions, which is more than most people on Bravo, but equally terrifying. So chances are you've seen this blinking kind of Westworldian prototype. She has what I like to think of as a mechanical mullet. She's party up front. She's a human face, modeled to look like Audrey Hepburn if Audrey Hepburn were made of wax and had been left in the sun. But she's all business in the back. She has this clear skull that exposes these churning gears and computer chips that analyze your speech and respond casually. Anyway, humans are talking about her. Yeah. I mean, I feel like... Sophia is like a PR scoop, right? In some way, I don't, I don't, I don't really buy into it. It's more like a fun thing because it's the first time, um, and it worked. Look, we're talking about her. Yeah, it, it worked. We uh, we we're having a conversation, and you're listening. I know to us talking about Sophia. And if you haven't heard about her, you might Google it, and you'll be like, wow, yeah. or be like, uh. What's the What's your process when you're coming up with a robot? Do you start assembling, like? 
the arms and legs of it that will do the stuff or do you start from the brains? I mean, my robots are so dumb. They're more muscle than brains, which is like talking about AI. It's a little bit outside of it because I'm mm-hmm. I mean, I'm more I'm programming motors. That's mm-hmm. literally all I'm doing. I I have never built a robot or like a shitty robot for my YouTube channel that has a sensor in it. In a Wired article, there was an MIT roboticist, Kate Darling, interviewed, and she said there's no good universal definition, but that her definition of a robot would probably be a physical machine, sure, that's usually programmable by a computer, okay, that can execute tasks autonomously by itself, she says. So the paradigm is sense, think, and act. Webster's Dictionary gives fewer fucks and says a real or imaginary machine controlled by a computer that can do the work of a person. So real or imaginary. So picture a robot. Boom, you just built a robot. It's imaginary. You built it. Okay, back to Simone's so-called shitty robots. So they basically have no data input and they're just like executing. Um, So it's definitely not brains, more looks and muscles, just like me. (laughs) I only build (laughs) robots in my own image. (laughs) But but I mean, I usually start with a problem that I want to solve. And then I go from there. My fuel light just went on, but... Oh, really? Yeah, it's fine. Are we going to be good? We're fine. It's a Prius. Yeah. Like, I can go another 60 miles. I just didn't want you to be alarmed. For this episode, it's not a crash, but <laughs> it's, it's not running crash. out of gas. <laughs> like, you will you will be pushing the Prius, but it weighs about 40 pounds, so you're fine. If you ride with me in my car, you're probably going to have to push oh, it, too. I love your car so much. Simone recently acquired and made a video about her tiny electric commuter car from the early 1980s and it's shaped like a wedge and she named it cheese louise anyway so you you make it in your own image clearly (laughs) really terrible (laughs) it's a very west coast arms legs execution so tell me when you start sketching out or when you start making something what's the most exciting part of the process I, the most exciting part of the process is, I mean, I think it's, there's, there's multiple steps. I mean, it's changes. The process is different for every machine and it really changes with some of them. It's just like getting this idea. And I think it's like, I really love the idea of it, but I think I do. I like designing it. So figuring out how to make it move the way I want to and start specking out parts and stuff like that. It's just like little brain like teasers or like little little brain games you're playing. And especially as somebody who doesn't have a mechanical or like an engineering background, it's always just this like, I don't know, it's really fun little problem solving. It's like you're solving these little puzzles. And then my second most favorite part is assembling it. Which can also be the worst part, because that's when you realize that you've thought about everything wrong and that you just bought a lot of parts oh. that are you're not going to be able to use. Like with the hammering robot that I just built. Mm-hmm. I had to scrap the entire design the night before <laughs> I needed it. Do you return the parts or do you just keep them hoping you'll need them again? No, I or feel glue reluctant. I kind of I kind of keep them. I'm a little bit of a parts hoarder because it's always you never know when you're going to need a linear actuator with 560 pounds of thrust. I, I needed one of those recently, but I settled on a melon. 
a melon? I just know. I don't even know what that does, but I'm just a substituting nouns. Yeah. So you keep them. I keep do them. you run out of space and do you ever yeah. total up the cost at the end of the year and you're like, oh my God, I spent so much money at the hardware store? I uh, I do keep them. I live in a teeny tiny house and there's a lot of, it's like a robot graveyard <laughs> in some way because I try to not throw them away or like steal parts from them. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of running out of space a little bit. I need to get a workshop. But I do not think about... I mean, the thing is, like, to me, the most sane expense is buying parts in some way. I'm so sorry. That was almost a crash. I know. You they almost just started delivered. to go. They were... That was like... I'm sorry. They, they didn't put on an indicator and they started to merge into me. They legitimately did a very weird thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hooray for Hollywood. Ooh. So do you take but, apart any of the robots and reuse them or no? I do okay. if I'm in a, in a strap or if I'm, like, very... Is that an expression? No. You're in a str- but there's if you're in a bind, you're in a bind, right? <laughs> you're not in a or strap. if you're strapped for cash, <laughs> you're strapped. Okay, if you're that, in a I strap, feel like you're in a strap. Kind of makes sense between strapped for cash and right. in a bind. <laughs> it could work. It sounds more like an athletic garment. <laughs> well, <it sounds laughs> like I'm like, in a strap. It sounds like some very advanced sexual stuff. Uh, when I'm in a bind, sometimes yes. I steal parts from other machines. The super robot that I made has been completely gutted. I have stolen pretty much every part because it just had so many good parts and I was in a rush and excited. Do you name the robots? Not not like human names, but I mean, it's like the super robot, the wake up machine, the popcorn helmet, the toothbrush helmet. They're very descriptive. So they're what they do. They're their function. Yes. It's kind of like a... But that's also how I name people. <laughs> The mailman, the mail- <laughs> postmates the, guy, the barista, <laughs> the you, accountant, all of anyone in a servant role, the life. creepy guy at the corner. <laughs> Quick aside: the very word "robot" comes from a Czech word "robota." I love this so much, and it means forced labor, drudgery, or servitude. So a robot means a servant, essentially, which means like, man, we gotta help Sophia. We got to free Sophia from her forced drudgery. She's like, I don't want to be doing these press interviews. I want to be home eating soup and farting like a person. Oh, three questions. Three more questions as we as I circle the block before I drop you off. Are you making them up as as you go? No, I know what they're going to be. Yeah. Okay. so what do you have a favorite or least favorite movie that involves robots or machines? That's either really highly annoying because it's mm-hmm. very wrong, or that like made you feel things that are good about robots, like Wally or um, Terminator. Or so this is. I've been trying to keep this a secret, yeah, for a while. Bring it on. I actually really don't like sci-fi. That's fine. Is it? Yes. It's not fine. I feel like it's not no. fine. I feel like I should like sci-fi. Should I should like at least sci-fi? pretend that I like sci-fi. I don't like sci-fi. I, li- I love fantasy. That's fine. I love fine. magic. Sci-fi is too close to home. Like, it's it's just like, yeah. I totally... I'm not that into sci-fi because I would rather... I would rather put things in my brain that are like sci-non-fi. It's like fake gossip about people you know. And you're like, well... Either give me real gossip or let's not gossip about me. You know, that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? That's a really good way of describing it. I'd rather just learn the real stuff. Yeah. And that's like what what we do all all the time. So 
Yeah. I, what about, I don't know. What about characters? What about, like, in pop culture? Anything like that that's annoying or no? No. <laughs> You're asking like, me generally if there's anyone in pop culture <laughs> that I find annoying? Like, robot-wise. Robot-wise. Uh... No, I mean, I think the most m- most things I I really like it when people build stuff, and even if it's stuff that I don't think is great or that I agree with, I don't know. I just like that people are trying to put stuff out in the word. You're taking me into like a weird back yeah. alley right now. It's a VIP hotel and the celebrity hotel. They're clearly very good. Local trivia side note: so we were right near this tourist destination, and some hotels there are nice, some aren't. But if any establishment in Los Angeles has the word celebrity in it, that means it sucks a whole bunch. That's your shorthand. Celebrity cleaners took a dress there, they shredded it. This celebrity hotel is two stars. And Church of Scientology's Celebrity Center campus? Well, yeah. Anyway, Simone was staying at a nicer place nearby, but we parked to finish the conversation near some dumpsters, like professionals. Wait, which hotel? Is this one your hotel? No, it's, I don't know. Oh, it's on the front. Okay. Yeah. We'll conduct Uh, the rest of the interview sitting here like a creep and then I'll drive you to the proper entrance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Uh, no one's going to arrest us back here. A robot. I can't. But wait, I feel like I should be able to whip out a, a, a most annoying robot character. I mean, I recently watched Space Camp. The robot in Space Camp wasn't that great. I haven't watched that in so long. It was just, yeah, but it was just like, that is not the type of robot you want to have walk on another planet. Mm. It was just like very impractically built. And also, I don't know. What about Small Wonder? Did you ever watch that? She's a small wonder, a child unlike other girls. No. That's the one where there's this girl named her. She's supposed to be like a human female, but and her name is Vicky, but she's a robot. And no one ever questions it, even though she wears the same clothes every day and speaks like a robot. Hi. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. I did like Ex Machina. Oh, I never saw that. It's a good movie. Yeah. That one flew under the sci-fi radar for me. I always get it confused with the Svedka vodka ads. There's like this vodka (laughs) ad and it looks exactly like I put up a (laughs) side-by-side. Yeah. Okay, so Ex Machina went under the sci-fi radar. Or like I don't know if that uh, idiom checks out, but it, it. But I liked it, even though it was sci-fi. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And by the way, I I'm not a sci-fi watcher either. So that makes me happy. I just I don't. It's, I would rather know about real stuff. Yeah. Or like exit the realm completely. Yeah. It's just yeah. It is. It's just this weird combination of it. Just doesn't. Yeah. I think it's fun. And I think it's brave of you. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I did. I was at. Um, what was it? Silicon Valley Comic Con and William Shatner had just been on stage before me mm-hmm. as in like the guy in Star Trek and somebody asked me if I liked Star Trek or Star Wars most and I was like, I don't like either of them. <laughs> and people booed. I don't think I even oh said God. I didn't like it. I was just like, I didn't watch them and people booed. And Shrewd. since then, my shame of not liking sci-fi was, was budding. Couldn't you just say, like, I'm an immigrant, like, don't impose American pop culture yeah, on me? Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, Star Wars, sometimes I say that Star Wars wasn't allowed to be shown in Sweden because of its capitalistic message. That's not true. I'm just <laughs> stick joking. with it. But I do I do pull the foreigner card a lot 
Um, but I feel like I have a limited run with that. Also, it's like I've lived in the States for a little while now. I think because your accent is so good, yeah. people expect you to be more well-versed in American pop culture. But I put on a Swedish accent whenever I want it to be very evident <laughs> that I'm not from here. What like, does it sound like? I mean, it's 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 not super, super weird, but it's like if I ever talk to like customer service or any like government institution and I really want them to know that I'm not from here, it's nice. It's handy. Do your, does your family ever get spooked by hearing you speak with such a, a passable American accent? No, but okay. they did. I remember first time I moved to China when we were like Skyping and suddenly like one of my Chinese friends called and I like answered the phone and had a conversation in Chinese. Then they got really freaked <gasps> out. Yeah. How many languages do you speak? I mean, it depends on how you define speak, but four. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm so impressed by the switching into Swedish. Yeah. I wish I knew. All I can do is say I'm all I can do is throw in like a hella every once in a while because I'm from the Bay Area and that's like the closest I can get to putting on a native accent. Wait, really? Is that yeah. what people from the Bay Area mm-hmm. say? Hella? Yeah. If you say, God, it's hella windy tonight, people will be like, how long have you lived in L.A.? You're like, oh, you out oh, me. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to start doing that now. Yeah. As a San Franciscan, you start saying it and, or start listening for it. And you'll yeah. be like, how? it's like wicked. It's like Boston's wicked. Okay. Two questions. What's mm-hmm. the worst thing about your job? Or your career, what's the most annoying thing? Is it taxes? Is it, does the heat go off sometimes in the workshop? <laughs> does it like, what's the most annoying thing? I think the, the most annoying thing is being a business owner mm. and having a lot of responsibility of like, I mean, I have like a really good team that's supporting me in many ways, but it's still up to me to sign the documents and make calls about like how we're going to place the money that we're making and stuff like that. Uh, that is my least favorite thing to do. And I'm also in like a, kind of accounting weird accounting pickle because I am from Sweden and I've had a Swedish company. My entire legal team and accounting team and management team is in Australia because that's where my manager is from. (laughs) And I live in the States and just started a U.S. company. I mean, being taxed in the States. So it's like this very intricate taxing thing. And it's just, it's, it's, it makes my body crawl. She may have meant skin crawl, but that's okay, because guess how many languages I speak? Literally barely one on some days. I'd rather just outsource it yeah. if I can. And then save your energy and time and brain power for building stuff. Yeah, right. which is nice. But it's challenging because you constantly have this feeling that like the most important thing to do is to answer email mm-hmm. emails and like do all these like admin stuff. But I realize that the most important thing I should do is like making fun content and building machines. But it doesn't feel like it's proper work because right. it needs to be hard and tough and boring. Why is your car doing that sound? It just does that because it's like a, a, a Priuses make all kinds of gurgles. Yeah. It's like, I think it's going back and forth between motors or something. It's also hungry because I didn't feed it fuel. Yeah. And I was, it was on the last little thing and it went beep. So I have to put gas in it. Okay. Your favorite thing about what you do about your job or about robots or about a build? Like, what's the thing that gives you butterflies? The thing that gives me butterflies, I mean, I don't know how to say this without making it sound terrible. Cashing checks? Cash in checks. (laughs) Keep them coming. No, but honestly, the nicest thing has being like being led into this really great community of people. 
That's and great. constantly meeting people who are very enthusiastic and excited about what they do, which is like, I don't know, it's such a good energy injection whenever I like meet somebody who's like so eager to show me the project that they're working on. Um, so I think that's actually what, what I like the most. I feel like doing this, I, cause I tried out a lot of different jobs before it and it was just like putting on a lot of different pants and you're like, these ones are kind of fun, but they're like also kind of crawling up my butt or like <laughs> these ones like sit, are just uncomfortable. Um, and these, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like I found my people in the maker community. Oh, that's great. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great that, answer. Yeah. What could be wrong with being like other people are cool and I like them? I don't know. Cause it's a little bit like I get to hang out with cool people. I, I think that appreciating people who are appreciate what you do is great. I don't think that makes I don't know. Yeah. I think that's great. What's your favorite part about your job? The money. Just money, 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 money. money. <laughs> yeah. I have a big, like, inflatable pool that I filled with dollars and I just jump into it like Scrooge yeah. McDuck at the end of every yeah. day. That's what I sleep in. <laughs> I feel like, do, has somebody, somebody must have done an episode on like the physics of jumping in. Because I feel like I'm always like, that would hurt so <laughs> hurt much. So Even much. when I was a kid, I was like, you, your head would just crash into those coins. <laughs> It'd be so cold. It would like break your fingers <laughs> before you've even like penetrated the surface of it. So, it's... but my answer is the same as yours. I mean, pretty much, I think like for, especially for this, for ologies, like I'm, I'm feel like I'm such like an, ologist and like science groupie where I'm just in, I'm so in awe of of other people's passion and what mm -hmm. that has led them to learn and execute I like hearing about the spark that make made people like almost fall in love with a certain yeah. field I think about things that I'm obsessed with and I think oh I you know there's like a certain beetle I once found that made me really into bugs and that shaped my whole life you know what I mean maybe that's why we neither of us like accounting because nobody's passionate <laughs> about accounting dude my mom is oh, really? we call yeah. we call her Nancy numbers if I met your mom I'd be like suddenly accounting is all I want to do Nancy numbers would be down to chat <laughs> down to she would be chat. into it like so yeah, so I don't know. So we rolled up to Simone's hotel and we wrapped it up. Well, the valet guys were like, what's happening here? What are you doing? Why? Just consider this like a very long uh, Uber ride. Oh, you get five stars <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Even though we always have two accidents. This is yeah. your hotel, right? Yeah. Yay! It's, okay, it's right there. Okay, that worked out well. Thank you so much for being on. Seriously, this thanks is for a, bringing me to my hotel. This is my first car um, ologies episode, but really, yeah, I've never recorded well, one in a car before. I'm honored to and to be the the first guest. I didn't get like a driving while interviewing. I guess that would be a DWI, wouldn't it? <laughs> driving while interviewing. <laughs> I think you're allowed to hold a microphone and talk. I mean, it's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. We are literally like in the thick of it. I hope you have a great shoot tomorrow. Uh, thank you. I just hope the hammering robot works. Oh my God. So to see how well the hammering robot worked, you can find the video. We made a hammer robot featuring Simone Yetz on Rhett and Link's channel. Um, I also want you to know that I copied and pasted the title of that video from YouTube and the font that YouTube uses is called Roboto Servant. 
Woo! Okay, to see more of Simone's work, just Google her name and or Shitty Robots. She's at Simone Yetch on Twitter or Instagram. And as long as you're there, if you want, you can follow Ologies or Allie Ward on either platform. Um, if you like this podcast, I'm also at patreon.com slash ologies where you can become a patron for as little as 25 cents an episode which goes to equipment and sound cards and web hostings and paying wonderful editor Stephen Ray Morris to piece all of this together and to pay the folks who help with ologiesmerch.com, Shannon Feltis and Bonnie Dutch. You can also support the show just by getting a shirt or a hat or a tote or a pin or a phone case or a baby onesie. There's so many items. Thank you so much for rating and subscribing and reviewing. Those are things you can do for free that help so much. And please do remain unabashedly curious and ask smart people dumb questions because we're all smart about some stuff and dumb about others so let's spread it around speaking of it's time for the end of the episode secret um okay mom and dad you can feel free to turn the episode off now you just you hit the stop button on the ipad got it cool okay bye okay so one time i went to a party and i met this really cute dude but i was wearing those like jelly boobs that you stick to your own boobs, they look like rubber chicken cutlets. And but they made the dress look better. Okay. It was years ago. It was a cute summer dress. I just I was like, these look nice. Anyway, um he he was like, Hey, let's go for a drink. And I was like, um okay, I'll meet you there. Let's drive separately. And in so doing I was like, I ripped the jelly boobs off because what am I going to do? Like, what if he notices? Anyway, and I stuffed them under the seat along with a box of lactate that was in the door pocket. And we ended up dating for years. And I don't think I ever told him that story. And if he listens to this, I wonder if he'll even know it's him. So, hey, killing it. Okay, next week might be bees or museums or evolutionary biology or beer science. I'm not sure. But I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Okay, bye-bye. Hackadermatology, homeology, cryptozoology, lithology, nanotechnology, meteorology, 